everyone, this is Siracilla. Welcome to the Elpa podcast. Elpa is association of players in your league, which aims to collectively represent players and help their careers. We will be bringing you conversations with current and former EuroLeague players and other personalities from the world of basketball. Our guests will talk about their journeys, on and off the court stories, and look deeper into what it means to be a vital part of basketball industry. How the league was involving that it was time for players Um, you know, to be able to speak up more, yeah. to be able to give their opinion, to have a seat at the table to start becoming, you know, um, just players and start becoming more decision makers um, and things that are going on that personally affect them. So that was my main thing. And then also to to leave the game better than where, where I found it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to, you know, hopefully be part of the generation that helped kind of help spark change and yeah. to help kind of bring on um, a better game for the future. This week, my guest is Kyle Hines. Four times EuroLeague champion, Kyle talked with us about his love for basketball. We also found out how he got involved with Elpa, and he told us more about his interest in financial literacy, his podcast, and his basketball camp in the US. Enjoy! Can you tell us more about who you are? Uh... My name is Kyle Hines. Um, I'm a current player for uh, Cheska Moscow. Um, I've been playing o- overseas in Europe for the past uh, 12 years. Um, I'm originally from uh, Sickleville, New Jersey. It's a small, very, very small town mm-hmm. in uh, South Jersey. Um, about 15, it's in between, if, if people know the area, it's in between Philadelphia and Atlantic City. Um, and, you know, I'm just a, I don't know, I'm just a, regular normal guy <laughs> and how and when did you fall in love with basketball um the the story goes and I've told the story before but the story goes is uh um when I came home um from my uh from when I was born um my father he uh, put a, a football actually my grandfather put a football and a basketball okay. um, in my crib and from that moment on like I've always you know had a ball in my hand always so I think from from that moment um but I think me personally Um, I come from an athletic family. I come yeah. from, you know, there's, whether it's my uncles or my father or my cousins, we all just, you know, played basketball or played whatever. So I think that's yeah. the moment I kind of just gravita- gravitated towards it. So it's it. a family business. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> like a family, family business, family situation. So as you said, you're playing in EuroLeague for many years now. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for you to play in one of the best, if not the best league in Europe? I mean, it means it's, it's incredible to, you know, to, to play at the highest level here in Europe. Um, you know, to be able to compete against, you know, some of the, the, the best players, the most talented players, um, you know, in the whole entire world. So I think for me, I mean, it's, it's an incredible achievement um, to, to not only, you know, be able to compete here for one season, but now to, you know, be able to compete here for, mm-hmm. for multiple seasons. Um, like I said, I mean, it's, it's just something I strive for from the beginning of my career, um, you know, to be able to, you know, not only, you know, play in your league, but to be able to remain a, a constant figure and also have success here as well. Yeah. And how did this, did you see its evolution during through the years? I mean, um, um, I guess you could say we talk about it all the time, but I mean, I'm, I'm part of the, I guess you can say, kind of old school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now it, kind of, it seems kind of funny to say because I still feel like I'm young, but 
part of the you know the old school uh, you know uh, I guess a generation of Euroleague players. When I first came to Euroleague, I was t- 23 years old. Yeah. So you um, were so young. I was young. I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, just to see how the way the the league has evolved. Yeah. Um, you know, to see how you know how um, you know how the how everything has evolved with it. I mean, just from you know back then. I mean, it was it was still you know considered one of the you know top leagues in the world. But it didn't necessarily have the fanfare, it didn't have the, the publicity um, around it that it does now. Yeah. And now it is truly, you know, one of the top, or if not, you know, besides the NBA, the you know second best league in the world because you know we we have entertainment value, we have yeah. a little bit of everything now. And I think yeah, the, the, whole, the whole package. Yeah, everything, the whole package. And I think you know not only, I mean, I give you know big respect to Euroleague and to the to the to people there to kind of recognize that and to kind of you know continue to evolve the, yeah. the game as as you know as we go on. So you're one of the vice president mm-hmm. of ELPA, which is a Euroleague Players mm-hmm. Association. Why did you get involved into it? Um, I mean, for part of the reason why uh, we talked about before. Um, you know, I've, I've been um, in Euroleague for a long time. Um, like I said, I got here when I was, you know, fairly young. So I've seen everything. I experienced everything. And I've kind of, you know, um, you know seen, um, you know, front hand about the evolution of the game. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of seen how, you know, sometimes – Players' voices weren't heard. Players' rights weren't necessarily respected. Um, it was always, at, you know, at a time where I felt like players are always at the bottom end of the totem mm-hmm. pole. And, you know, I felt like with everything going on, how the game was evolving, how the league was evolving, that it was time for players, um, you know, to be able to speak up more, yeah. to be able to give their opinion, to have a seat at the table to start becoming, you know, um, just players and start becoming more decision makers. Um, and things that are going on that personally affect them. So that was my main thing. And then also to to leave the game better than wh- where I found it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to, you know, hopefully be part of the generation that helped kind of help spark change and yeah. to help kind of bring on um, a better game for the future. So what were you expecting from the from the ELPA when it started? Um, I was expecting, um, I was expecting, you know, definitely a great organization. Um, I was expecting, um, but although I think you said that there, a lot of things have surprised me, I didn't know necessarily know how receptive the players would be, um, just because of the mentality um, here. It's kind of been, um, you know, it kind of has been where it's like, you know, like I said, players are used to, you know, being mm-hmm. on the, at the bottom. Um, so for, to see Upper um, have grown so fast yeah. just over the course in of a year, year and one year and to see the the initiatives that we make and the actions that we make and the impact that we have made over over one year has been incredible like I never would expect you know that we would have um I mean not to kind of think negatively but I yeah. never would expect that we would have got as far as we have gotten in one year when we had this when we had the meetings and in, in, in bulky and was coming around and, and talking to people and we first started to talk to, about having this um, for us, you know, one year later to be in the position right yeah. now has been incredible, and it just shows the the it shows the it power. Was needed. Yeah, it was it by far it was needed. It mm-hmm. was needed, and it just shows the power that players have, that you know that we have a voice, and you know, once our voice is heard, that we can affect change rapidly. Mm-hmm. So you had major improvements. Mm-hmm. Which one had the biggest impact for you? Um, I think the biggest impact for me, I think, is the um, starting to lessen the days and starting to to make uh, um, direct qu- consequences for the teams are delayed payments. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, if EuroLeague is going to be and is the second, you know, most prominent league in the world, then this has to be something that has to be uh, corrected. 
there's no reason why um, you know players um, you know should be not paid on time or not um, you not paid or not you know held to a standard where you know that they should just be received what they're owed. At minimum, they should be received yeah. what they're what they're owed, what of they course. signed their contract for. So I think this to me this was the most important step because this is the first time that um, clubs, the league, and the players acknowledged this. And we came together to find, um, you know, some type of solution, some type of even ground um, for this. Mm. And we often say that unity is the key. Uh, what does that change to have, like, players as only one team? Mm -hmm. Is it better? Do you have a better impact on the Euro League? I think we definitely do. Um, I think the, one of the best things about the formation of ELPA is that you start to see these conversations happen between amongst players. You start to see, you know, starting to hear players talk about it, whether or not it's on social media, if it's on Twitter, or just amongst each other. Like when I see certain guys, you know, they, they talk about this stuff, and, and then you can see that they're starting to understand why this association is needed, why the union is yeah. needed. Um, so I think that is kind of the, the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, it shows that, you know, once we have this unity um, together, it just shows, like you said before, the power and the respect that we could command, um, mm -hmm. you know, from not only the, the league itself, but also outside leagues. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of media, mm -hmm. a lot of people that are paying attention to what we're trying to do and yeah. what we've accomplished so far. And when you see what the NBPA and the NBA is doing, what are your feelings about it? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a goal to strive for. Um, I mean, I'm a... I read a lot, so I mean, I, I'm a kind of a historian in the fact where I understand where, um, like in the 1950s when you know Bob Cousy yeah. was trying to start the the NBPA, yeah. and some of the things, even though it's a different time, but some of the things that that they were fighting for are almost similar to mm -hmm. what we were fighting for then, and that's kind of what made me like realize like this was needed. Yeah. So to see that, I mean, to see that, and to see that you know that the NBPA where it is at today was once where we were at and what we're trying to start now. Mm -hmm. This kind of gives me hope and kind of gives me that, gives me the, the um, gratification that, you know, that this is needed and that we are taking the right steps for, for this. And at the time when you arrived in the in EuroLeague, did you, do you know if someone tried to start something like um, Elba? I initially know because I was just worried about playing. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily worried about um, the collective um, greater good, I guess you can say, uh, for EuroLeague or for, for the game. But as I, um, you know, as I got older um, and I got more interested in it, I understood that there was, uh, you know, some people that wanted to start it and some people that, um, you know, had tried um, tried to start it. But whatever, for whatever reason, um, it didn't necessarily work. But um, I think now I think we, we found the right formula. I think the number one, I think, is because the, the game has changed. Yeah. Like I said, the game has been um, more, has evolved. But also players have evolved. Players are, are more willing to express their yeah. opinions and yeah. more willing to share how they feel. So I think when you get a combination of all that, um, I think that that's what, you know, is the reason why I think Elpa has been able to yeah. be so, so, so uh, it's successful. It's also because now we have social medias and yeah. a lot of players speak on social medias. Yeah. And talking about that, you oftenly tweet about finance. How important is it to have the players educated yeah. about the, their finance and I think, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's one of the most important things because I think, I think education and information is the key to everything. And I think yeah. if you have, one of the great things about social media is that we have the ability to share different things. So if I pick up information, I'm able to share this information with other players. So one of those things that, you know, athletes always get um, a knack for is, you know, financial literacy and not having financial literacy. 
So if any way I can help, you know, shape, you know, one person or help yeah. share an article or share a newsletter or share something that happened in my experience that can better, you know, a younger player or somebody else, then I'm all willing for it. And mm -hmm. I think that is like, I think that's important. Like I said, that's one of the, the, the greatest things about, um, the positives about social media. Yeah. yeah. And which advice would you give to the youngest players in the league? Um, I think number one, I think, uh, uh, Try to learn as, as much as you possibly can. Learn. Um, try to get as much knowledge as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, I think number two, um, find mentors. Find you know somebody or a player, an older player that you either want to you know want to emulate or want to have a career similar to them, um, and, and try to you know use that person for advice. Try to use um, you know that person to you know just to have conversations about. Yeah. And I think number three, lastly, just enjoy it. Enjoy mm -hmm. the game. Enjoy yeah. the moment because. It happened so fast, mm -hmm. you know. Like for me, like when I first started, when I came to, when I came to Europe, I was 21, and now it's it like yesterday. in a blink. Yeah, it's <laughs> like yesterday. Now you know I'm a 12-year vet, you know. So it's like you know you have to enjoy every yeah. moment, enjoy these moments. I know that it's difficult to say, you know, especially after some tough games and some tough losses. But enjoy it as much as you possibly can because, like I said, it goes by just like this. Yeah. And who was your mentor? Oh man, I've I was fortunate enough that I had so many players. Yeah. Um, I was like I said, I, I started out fairly young in my career, so you know I can go back to when I was in I was in Italy. I had a guy named Jerome Allen, who was an older vet. Um, then when I was uh, in Bamberg, there was a guy named Casey Jacobson. Yeah. And then I've been fortunate enough to play on you know with some with some great coaches and, and great players. And I was in Olympiacos. I was 24, and I had Spinolas. Um, you know, there who was, you know, all everything. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had Duda Inkovich, who was a great coach. And then meeting, uh, fortunately enough, I was in Athens. I met Mike Batiste. Yeah. And then, you know, talking to him. And, you know, he was somebody It was like, oh, man, if I were able to, you know, have a career like his, yeah. then it would be amazing. So talking to them. And like I said, I mean, I think that's those those people have been like the biggest mm -hmm. mentors and biggest yeah. help to me. And how do you see the, the future of your league? I mean, the, the the sky is the limit for EuroLeague. I mean, there's there's so many different things. Um, you know, the, the league has number one. You can see over the past three, four years how much the league has grown. Um, you know, how much it's 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 starting to become more of a global brand yeah. than it already has. Um, so I think you know it's continues to grow rapidly yeah. and, and faster. And we we see it by all the players from NBA who are willing to come in Europe mm -hmm. to play in EuroLeague. I mean, vice versa though. It's like you know, there's a lot of um, there's, there's for sure, there's a lot of players from NBA that are wanting to come to play in Europe, but also you look at some of the top, um, you know, top NBA stars yeah. have, you know, are, are now the game is for the NBA has become more international. So that is now putting more eyes on EuroLeague basketball. Yeah, if you for have sure. for some, for example, like Luca, like Luca Dantas, who, you know, for was sure. the MVP two years ago. And now that this year he's the rookie of the year. Yeah. So it was like, you know, people are like, oh, wow, well, if, you know, if this guy came from EuroLeague, who else is going to be coming from mm -hmm. EuroLeague? So I think like that, that, I think, in, you know, from those uh, both situations, it kind of helps kind of yeah. put more eyes on EuroLeague. And for those players, is it important to have NBP and ELPA? I, I think so, because, I mean, I think it's, it's an important cooperation. Because, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we both have the same goals. Um, we're both, you know, trying to... Um, you know, help increase and help, you know, put better players in a better position um, and, and help them, you know, have the, the, the best possible um, rights and, and, and voice um, as possible. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, if we're able to have a great cooperation with yeah. them, I think it would be great because, like, obviously, you know, we're, 
EuroLeague and NBA are the two best leagues yeah. in the world. So if you have two cooperation between them, I think it will, it will work. A uh, it will work a, a great partnership. So you have a podcast. Yes. How did you end up having a podcast? Um, it was kind of uh, you know some some people from, some people from the EuroLeague idea. Yeah. Um, initially, I had so much anxiety over it because <laughs> I'm not I'm not vocal. <laughs> I'm kind of like a shy shy guy, believe it or not. So you know, for me to have a, a podcast was definitely made me uncomfortable. Yeah. But it was something I enjoyed doing because I had an opportunity to talk to a lot of people that I was just fans of, and that was really what I wanted my podcast to be based of. Like me, just kind of getting to know of you know people that I was truly fans of, and yeah. just trying to get to know them better, and you know, trying to you know, um, you know, convey that to to the fans. And I think so far, I think it's been you know pretty pretty successful. Um, and you know, hopefully, I'll continue doing it this year and make it you know make it even better. And which episodes do we are a must listen? Um, the ones I get, I get a lot of great feedback from all of them. But I think for me, I think as I did them, I pro progressively got better. Yeah. So um, I think the one that people talk talk the most about is uh, the one with uh, Trajan Langdon. Okay. Um, and the one with Andre Karolinko. I think people talk about those ones because there are two. You know, especially around here, there are two yeah, you know, bigger, bigger basketball names and legends. Yeah, sure. So to hear about them, especially after they you know kind of retired and they kind mm. of, I won't say been out of the spotlight, but they kind of been out of the player spotlight yeah. for the past you know however many years they've been retired. I think people want to know what they're doing and if there are things they, they've been going through. So, I mean, I think those are probably so far been my two favorite. Mm. Yeah. And you also have a basketball camp for mm -hmm. kids. Can you tell us more about? Um, yeah, it's a, so we have a f um, back in my hometown um, of Sickleville, um, we have a, a full-fledged like basketball academy yeah. um, for kids, um, and the main thing for me was important to kind of give back um, to the kids in my neighborhood, the kids yeah. in my area, um, because you know I feel like if if they're able to have a, a positive role model, um, a positive inspiration, then they they too can not only do the things that I've accomplished or my brother accomplished, mm -hmm. um, but they can go even further than us. So I think that was kind of the main idea why we wanted to do it and why we wanted to. Um, so you have it with your with your brother. Yeah. So my right. little, so my brother, he, he played professional for a little bit while um, in Greece and Germany, and a couple other places. But um, you know, he's the main person amongst you know some of my other friends and family okay. that are kind of running the day to day. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of our, our idea behind it. Okay. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Kyle for this great conversation and see you in two weeks for a new episode of Elpa Podcast. <laughs>